Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Good morning. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up? We are sipping on some new coffee. I don't know that we've talked about this on the podcast yet, but I feel like this is our... These people know our coffee addiction, so we have to tell them... Is it new? ...about no. this coffee. No, we've had it for like... I know. Our new, our but we haven't month, talked about bro, it yet. Our next order comes in yeah, five days. But we haven't told anyone about it. It's, no, but in, we should have. We should, I think in, we did. In, yes, in we the world of our podcast, this is a new coffee that we are trying. And Very excited delicious. about it. Very excited about it. So, I, what was the process that led you all to find this company? I don't remember what we happened. were looking at we stuff were, to offer to yeah. what on the giveaway, or was it for oh, the Patreon? Yeah. We yeah. were doing. We were trying to figure out some stuff with Patreon. Yeah. Spoiler alert: We launched a Patreon. Yeah. yeah. So we were just looking. <laughs> we were looking for options of, of a way that we could easily make like a custom coffee for right. some of our, yeah. our, like doing our a white label deal members and things like that and then that led us to this roaster and then really because for those of you all that don't know we roast our own coffee here in the office that when i say we i mean robbie and one <laughs> robbie other, one other coffee. gentleman in the office uh Gabe and I drink one the because it is a lot cheaper. If you've ever seen the price of green beans, it's generally a lot cheaper to roast your own coffee. But two, because we like really good coffee and getting good green beans and roasting them yourself creates really good coffee, whatever. Well, we found this roaster that has a huge variety of coffee and buying it in bulk, which is how we happen to drink coffee in bulk. <laughs> drink all the coffee. It mean, actually once. worked out. The first batch was cheaper, wasn't it, I think, or yeah, about so our, the same. Our first order ended up being we got a five-pound bag delivered to us for uh, like 30. I remember um, you saying it was about 
what we it was were like gonna thirty one dollars yeah. or something like that. And our so green beans are normally five full pounds yeah, of roasted, roasted coffee. And, and by the way, this company it's uh, freshroastedcoffee.com. dot com. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, they roast after you order yeah. it. So and when that's your order the real comes kicker. in, like, they order yeah. that day. If you order before two o'clock, they'll go ahead and roast it that day. Send it out the next day. If it's after, then they'll roast your order yeah. the next day and send it. So you're not getting. Ooh, fresh coffee from so-and-so, you know, that's, that's been, been sitting, sitting on, on the a shelf. shelf. Yeah. Because that's the reason I got into roasting. Like, yeah. I tried fresh even, roasted coffee and yeah. it ruined me. Sometimes sometimes you even buy, even like buying coffee downstairs at the coffee shop that's coming from a, a roastery Louisville. in Louisville yeah. might have been sitting for two weeks. I mean, who knows? Right. I hope yeah. not, but sometimes. Oh, there's, they sometimes have dates on the them. The dates sometimes. on them, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you would get a, an they old bag. Didn't, they didn't sell, and it's still better than store-bought. Sure. The normal store-bought, but still. like that. But we, that we right. take, it, we, we and take we had it to done, another level. Yeah, and we had done <laughs> blue bo- or I had done blue bottle for a little yeah, bit yeah. because blue bottle's coffee is incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, they're, super they're, delicious. They're across the country, and they don't they they roast it and ship it, so it's always fresh, but you're paying – it's not quite in store prices, but you're paying for it. I mean, it oh, yeah. it would add up really quick if you did. They have like a monthly subscription, and for your home, it would probably be probably be viable. But for here, we'd be spending yeah, we drink too much coffee for that. Hundreds of dollars a month in coffee, and but yeah, the real kicker with this company is that they you put in your order, they roast it and send it to you. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting so you're the, getting very fresh coffee. Yeah. So the first order was like, hey, let's just see, you know, let's see what it's like. So I ordered one bag, and we paid, you, is, know, mm. uh, you know, you know. 15, yeah. 16 bucks for that one single bag, one pound bag to be delivered. Uh, for reference, if we walk down to the coffee shop that's down here that has locally sourced, you know, like fresh roasted coffee, it's 18, I think, 18.50 for a pound of fresh roasted coffee. Uh, and some of you are probably listening to this and take, took a gasp at that moment, like $18 for a bag of coffee. But yeah. the difference in fresh roasted coffee and stale store-bought coffee is so noticeable and so tangible uh, that if you ever get yourself... If you're not used to it and you don't want to pay for it, don't ever mess with so it. Like, yeah, because, because you'll, you'll get real mad the next time yeah. you buy a five dollar bag of ground coffee. And it's, at it's much easier to yeah. uh, brew espresso with fresh coffee. Yeah, because it plumps up, it, it blooms properly, it, it, and it builds the pressure you need for espresso. Yeah, stale yeah, coffee will not do espresso. If, you know, it's it's the it's the same thing. I don't know if anyone has espresso makers at home, but if you you know, we've experimented with some store-bought coffees and espresso makers at home, but then you go to like a coffee shop and you get a espresso drink and you're like, oh my gosh, this tastes so much better. It's because it's likely fresh coffee, Probably fresh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it just adds a, adds a little something to it. So, yeah. So, so anyway, so we're looking to try to figure out like, could we roast and then send out coffee? Cause you know, the other part of it is you spend X amount of dollars for green coffee. You roast a pound, the pound roasts down to about three quarters of a pound. And so you end up with three quarters of a pound of coffee for whatever you paid for that pound. Well, we were paying... Of green coffee. Right. We were paying 4 to $5 for green coffee a pound plus shipping to get to us. By the end of the process, I end up paying for that same 4 to $5 plus, I don't know, if you divide out the shipping by the pounds we were paying for, it's about, about another dollar. Um, so you end up in the $6 realm for three quarters of a pound of coffee, which is still great for fresh roasted coffee. Yeah, absolutely. But there's some, you know, some labor involved there. It, it takes about an hour total mm-hmm. to get a, a clean up and everything for a roasted pound. And then we come across this company as we're looking for ways to white label some stuff. And I'm like, wait a second. So if I order five pounds of this stuff, it's going to be cheaper. Yeah. Because again, we're ordering, you're paying five to six bucks for the whole pound of roasted coffee, not a pound of green coffee. And so it just ended up working out. So we did that first bag, tried it. It was 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing they have dozens I, not like a lot of coffee roasters will have like a handful maybe eight or ten they'll have a dark a morning blend a breakfast whatever they have tons of different varieties of coffee and we've only tried one what's yeah. the name of it uh tiger nebula tiger nebula freaking so, amazing yeah they name. have a dark nebula <laughs> and and robbie hopped in a chat with them and they told us which ones were best for espresso and they're really yeah. responsive and they're i mean they're they're legit yeah. and not uh, sponsored by them no this not, is, at uh, not at all not at all this is uh we wouldn't be opposed to yeah, it absolutely if we they may wanna... put we <laughs> may put a link in the show notes who knows i don't yeah. know it's but yeah it's if you like good coffee and you have the equipment to grind your own do they do do they grind coffee i don't think so i would hope not it yeah would, it probably would probably be, be a shame please don't pre-grind your coffee yeah, at the store so but if you're looking for some good whole bean coffee yeah they have so many and and you do get a huge price release for ordering and they have like you can order order three uh three pack of 12 ounce bags which 12 ounces is what you generally get in the store mm-hmm. um you can order a three pack of that and you get a pretty nice price yeah. cut there and so the nice part there is that you would get three bags that stay sealed yeah because that's the that's the key keep your stuff sealed up try not to open it and close it and keep, open it close don't it. keep it away from light refrigerate normally. no your coffee nor means. freeze it ever that extra little whiff of smell you get's just the condensation hitting the bean and increasing the smell. If so you want to learn, fresh, if you want, if you, if you have thirty minutes or an hour and you want to nerd out on it, because we can sit here and talk about this all day, and you're just gonna be like, "Need to make a separate coffee crazy. podcast." Go check Maybe. out Maybe. Good Eats Reloaded, yeah, the Reloaded version of the coffee episode, yeah. and he will tell so you awesome. everything you need to know about coffee for your science. home roastery coffee stuff. science. Yeah, so. It's great. So one last thing I'll throw in there. Uh, I have, uh, and I think Joe's got one now too, the Staresso uh, double taking, shot. I'm going to take espresso. some home and, and do it uh, this I was weekend. supposed to get one, but it Joe's <laughs> took like happened. a year to get here. <laughs> no, no, no. My, my original one that I ordered you still canceled has yet to, to show yeah, up. You canceled oh, okay. So he ordered one from the company when it came from China. And yes. It's, never know, showed who up. Who knows where. Never showed up. Donald but luckily, I'll buy it from you. But, I reached, out, but I reached out and, and they were very responsive and they apologized and said that because of all the craziness and customs, things yeah. are getting moved around. And, and was it the actual company or was it yeah, the company? Some, okay. No, it was the company. And, and they said, uh, I guess at that point it was back on Amazon. So I think that's yeah. why I ended up probably getting like an Amazon fulfillment order. Cause it yeah. showed up literally the next day. Okay. They were like, nice. you know, really sorry. We're going to get you this one. If the other one shows up, just complimentary, you know? Yeah. So, that was so cool. I will say that thing, you can actually put pretty crappy beans in it. And it still makes a really good shot of espresso. So it's just a manual a little, hand pump. Yeah, and that's what we were, talk, we were talking the other maker. day because we we have a coffee maker at our in our home that has a single single cup brewer on the side. But I've noticed lately it's been getting a lot of silt in it, even though it has a nice mesh filter. So I was telling Robbie I got my AeroPress out the other day, and in all honesty, for what's an AeroPress twenty five bucks? Yeah, yeah. And you can buy the little mesh washable screen for it. It'll make a good cup of coffee out of just about anything. Yep. I'm convinced. I like, I, yeah, I like the AeroPress. I just feel like it, there's um, smaller margins with the AeroPress. I feel like I feel like sometimes with me, if if my water isn't just right or whatever, I'll get a. No, a see, weird cup. Weird. I feel like it's the other way around. Really? I feel like with AeroPress, like you just can't. You can just put throw cold, it in there. You can put cold water in it. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like throw the, your crap I feel like in the and push st- it. Yeah, the like only the yeah. thing, the Stresso thing. As long as your water's, you know, the right temperature. Now, how does it work? It, it's it's going to be good yeah. to go. That's the yeah. thing. How does it, what, what's your grind got to be with? It's got to be espresso. Yeah. Right. Because so the, the AeroPress is completely opposite. If you have a bag of espresso grind or finer, 
it's you're not going to yeah. put it in an air press because you're not going to be able to push it. It's right. going to literally just <gasps> clog. Yeah, you're going to be like, well, you're going to hulk out and crack. I mean, your you air should press. have a little bit of pressure on it as you're yeah, pushing. Not like but that, though. <laughs> but it's got. It, that's the nice thing about air press. It's a feedback loop. So you know, if there's too much pressure, you know to oh, reduce gotta, the grind. Gotta, you yeah. know, it's it's a clear feedback. Same thing, kind of with the Star So if you're pumping yeah. that thing and it's working you yeah. out, you've probably gone probably, a one yeah, tick probably. too far, but. Yeah, it's uh, you do have to get a, a something that can grind espresso, yeah. um, and that's just not you can't do that with cheap grinders, and do not try it with a Whirly Bird. Yeah, you're gonna get chunks in there and stuff. So, do you realize we have not said a word about computing since we started? We have this not. We have not. And you started okay. talking about Sorry. coffee, man. No, it's great. Goes, we go deep. It's my fault. That's so. the reason we do this. Yeah. It's my this, fault. The podcast. Yes. Is you're getting a behind the scenes glimpse. Yeah. Glimpse at, at what we uh, nerd out about. So yeah, go check maybe, out maybe Fresh my, Roasted Coffee. Yeah, get you a Staresso. Yeah. Brewer and the cheapest way to grind espresso is those little Hiro Haro Hario. Yeah, I don't know. It's it looks like a little uh, figure eight kind of shape. So glass bowl on the bottom, plastic thing. Oh, is on that the, top. the one that yeah. was in that? Yeah. Bo- yeah, yeah. So burr grinder. You can go to Lowe's and find a little nut that fits on it. <laughs> so take the, take the hand wrench thing off. Put the little nut, screw the nut down on there. Drill. It's a standard, I think, quarter inch nut. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then take your drill with a you know with a, a ratchet bit and just. Yeah. Put it on there. And yeah, I remember years Boom. ago we had oh, the man, we old co-working space, yeah. and Robbie had that set up, yeah. and that was that's that how out. we ground that's our how coffee because you yeah. could grind using that little grinder takes a minute when you do it. My my yeah. son loves it because he just sit there and do play with it all day, but with the drill you can grind a cup of coffee in seconds. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah, it doesn't dope. take long, and, and eventually you'll wear it out. But it's twenty five bucks yeah. versus finding a. a a grinder that will properly grind espresso, um, you know, you're you're gonna pay a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, like that Easy. that Black and Decker grinder that you won't do it. We left over at my house. It's not it's not getting anything it's fine enough. The yeah. finest it goes is great for Aeropress, which yeah. is how much is the, just a tick under like a, a drip. Yeah, the the company that used to be in the same space with us, they bought one the KitchenAid. The KitchenAid, the KitchenAid one yeah. was two twenty five. Two twenty five, the big one, yeah. and it's made just. for I don't it. love it. It's not great, but um, it's, it's a solid grinder. It's going to hold up. It weighs fifty pounds. You could but, probably like throw it out the window and yeah. pick it up, and keep using. And it. And we so we have the the Breville that has the built in grinder, and it's way it's perfect. It has it's super the way fine adjustments. 100%. The grinder's incredible. It's all built into the machine. It's perfect. Because the so. thing is, it's six hundred whatever dollars, six hundred seventy dollars or whatever. Um, like we got it for like six. We got ours for six. Uh, but realistically, when you look at getting a, a regular espresso machine, the even the smaller version of that one, to get a proper grinder, a proper nice grinder that you would... I mean, the ones like you see in coffee shops, those things are Thousands expensive. Of yep. It's crazy. And the, be, the, the only one you're going to get right now for yourself at home that's going to do a good job and not make a horrible mess and... Fall apart and all that stuff. You're going to pay at least two fifty, three hundred dollars. I mean, that KitchenAid one was that's about still that, that's the reason. It was two twenty five. Yeah, um, and that's the reason we went with it. It was the the best one I could find that got decent reviews, and I knew it was going to stand up, but it also would hit the grind. We needed it to. Um, yeah, espresso grinding is tough, but those little high row things or Harry or Harry or Harryo do the job. Twenty five dollars. Yeah, I just it, wonder when it wears out. Go get you another one. I feel like I feel like my issues with the AeroPress are maybe probably just old beans. That's probably more of my issue than than oh yeah than like, than margins of error. It helps resurrect them a little bit. I, yeah. The Staresso does. 
I would say on an order of magnitude like ten to one, sure. what AeroPress does. I would like, say I've put garbage yeah. coffee in that Staresso and still got a very decent cup yeah, of coffee. I would say why do you have old beans in your house? Because I <laughs> I buy coffee. We, we and collectively I, pay for these I, good ones. Yeah, I just normally drink coffee here. So then whenever I'm like, oh man, I really want a cup right now, and then I go make a cup. The beans are probably in there for. Sitting yeah, in there so for a I've, while. I've I've gotten it down to a habit, especially now because we take our five pound bag and split, split it, it across up, yeah. fifteen. I just need to grab mason one of those jars this weekend. So just take a mason jar yeah. home with you over the yeah. weekend. Bring it back because you'll. I can grab one off of our nice our shelf. nice new shelves. Shelves. And we've got we've got some, some prints. Man, yeah, we're ready to hang. We gotta we gotta uh, make a little video once we get those hung. We'll yeah, we'll do something for our our patrons and members yeah, yeah so why all, don't we, we go ahead and talk about that real quick oh yeah so, i guess we can tell the we can so tell the podcast we, we'll get people. back to chrome chrome unbox <laughs> news now but what do we talk 20 yeah, minutes about coffee uh, 15 minutes so <laughs> remember remember a minute gone. ago when i was like well if we need something else to talk about let's yeah. let's do this yeah because yeah. no, no. we can still talk about lunch too yeah we can lunch we is going to be good some pork <laughs> coming get into <laughs> um, get into smoked meats yeah get that's gabe a whole other thing man oh man Me and gabe cook can some pork out on cook, some, cook some pork meats. belly last night we're gonna fry that up <sighs> oh yeah have you done have you done much poultry in in the smoker a yeah, little I bit not i to don't pull your all string on this yeah apparently i failed i I have. I'm not a huge it's fan tough. because you have to do it at a really low temperature where it dries it out. It dries so out real bad. It's, to me, it's not worth it. You can get you can get good flavor. Uh, when I do poultry, I do the mayonnaise. I, yeah. I roast with mayonnaise. Right. And I'm telling you, it's a way to go. Like game broil changer. it or yep. You, yeah. You, no, no, yeah. You just put it in the oven at whatever temperature your recipe calls okay. for, and instead of using olive oil or whatever, you just take a big bowl of up. mayonnaise, mix all your seasoning. I love in mayonnaise. It. Yep. So. Every thirty. It's have you fat. Done, have you done grilled cheese with mayonnaise? Oh yeah. Dude, oh, yeah. That's the way game to go. Changer. It's it's, fa- game it's very similar to butter, but it has a richer flavor, and it ho- the cool thing about it is that it holds the seasoning better. So you take. Right. We, we have these grinders that we bought from this little shop we found on Facebook that's up in Pennsylvania, and it's these, like, sourced grinders with seasonings and stuff in it, and this one's called Cape, I think it's Cape Verde, it's from Africa, but I just take a bunch of that, mix it with the mayonnaise, put in a little cayenne pepper, and then every 30 minutes you just baste it, and that skin gets crispy so and cr- is it is that a similar method as to uh putting mustard on your pork i guess not, giving it something eh, to stick on not basically? not exactly with pork the mustard helps it stick but the vinegar in the mustard also oh, helps break down some of the collagen in the meat that makes so sense. it's a little bit different the 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 mayo thing is literally just the fat helps crisp yeah. the outside mm. and it keeps the chicken moist so okay moving on there's never any of that left or i'd bring some for your yeah. try. so so this I like, is I like uh, chicken. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Moving on to Chrome Unbox stuff, we have had uh, we have been using YouTube membership for all, oh, over a year now. Mm-hmm. I think I went and looked. We we have had a couple members that have been along for the ride the whole time, and I think it was fourteen. Fourteen months. months yep. Yeah. So for anyone who has been a member over there in the past or is a current member, really appreciate you all hanging in there because. To be completely transparent, YouTube memberships are a bit of a hot mess, and YouTube, it, it, it's felt like a bolted-on solution, and there's not a real clear way of talking with your members, and it's hard to get things out to your members. It's just tough, and we've we've tried it. We've seen the value of it. We've seen the, the fun videos that we can make. We, we really enjoy all of that, but it's just been really hard, and so... There's no other integrations with it, like trying to do some sort of 
uh, like dynamically integrated chat service, for instance, Discord, that you can't do any of that. You would have to manage it. You'd have to have spreadsheets and all this crap. And oh, by the way, if your profile isn't public on YouTube, we don't even know that you're a member. And right. it's just it's, it's just all over the place, all over the place. Not well thought out. And so as part of that, a couple weeks ago, I started researching what other options were out there. I actually started just trying to figure out if we could do a Discord chat for our members on YouTube. Well, that led me to Patreon. And Patreon is a platform that is built from the ground up to do all of these things that we're talking about. And honestly, that's <laughs> YouTube membership obviously was a reaction. Trying a, to do a knee-jerk reaction Absolutely. to Patreon. Yeah. I mean, how many, it, it didn't need to do. Right. Yeah. You, you should have just and skipped it. You should, they should have just integrated. They should have just been like, cool, Patreon, let's work better exactly. with you. Yeah, and, but and they move on. They yeah, because they tried it, and I, I think it's gone away now. Patreon teamed up with Reddit for their, and they, they ramped it up. They marketed all that stuff, and they had mm. Patreon integration in Reddit, but it ended up falling apart, I yeah. think, just because, no offense, Reddit's a cool place to get information, but it's also just a cesspool of insanity there's I mean, a lot of oh, a yeah. lot there's, of information yeah, there's a lot of craziness yeah. and so yeah yeah so so patreon has a lot of the features that we wanted we've stayed away from patreon in the past because um you know we we felt like our channel just wasn't suited for it and and we didn't want to um basically try to ask for extra anything like we just wanted people to watch our videos and that was cool but as we dug into it we realized like man there's some really cool stuff that we can offer here and we can kind of build a community on patreon and so that's what we've done we've we've actually already launched it for our youtube members and i guess the podcast people can go check it out if they want to as well uh patreon.com forward slash chrome unboxed yeah so so we've created a couple different tiers on there there's some really cool integrations like the, the discord community for our second and third tier has already been super fun like oh, yeah. we, we've got some people in there having some cool conversations and and we think that's going to be a, an awesome community where people can you know obviously talk with us and have you know conversations with us but also just talk with other people that are super interested in chrome os and chromebooks um so that's been cool um, but then what else is on there? I mean, there's just all, man, it's just great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I just it's, love it's it. It's going to continue to um, just grow into something really awesome. I yeah. think yeah. Uh, over time, like the, the interactions that we're able to have, uh, because of this platform and part of it's discord too. Like I, I really think discord's awesome. Yeah. We're, we're actually internally starting to move some stuff over mm -hmm. to discord because it's just so good. Yeah, uh, at doing this type of stuff, and so like the interaction between it and Patreon is just the just awesome. The so other the 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 one other big reason I was sitting here trying to think in my head of what my other big reason was of making this move, and then I remembered I had to flip over to my other sheet here. So the other large reason that one of the main reasons, honestly, that we made this switch also is that we realized that through Patreon, through an integration that they have with WordPress, we are now able to offer an ad free experience to chromeunbox.com on the mobile and desktop version. Right, because that that's something that we've had some Gosh. requests for. Well, and we've talked about we've it. We've always, yeah, and we've year, talked about years. it, but we, we've sat back and tried to figure out what's the best way to do that. Rob, Robbie, being the web developer, knew that there were ways that we could offer that up to but there was readers. no like there was no big platform. Uh, Scroll came out a few months back, and it's a big one that a lot of people are interested in, but it just... It, there wasn't it, any other it, like integrations. Yeah, because we also it. had to figure out something that worked well with our site, and th to be able to offer it as a benefit to our 
patrons and the people that are part of this community, this just it's felt like, right. It makes perfect it's, sense. It's perfect. So yeah. now you're getting you're getting the early access, the behind the scenes content that we've been doing on YouTube, but now you're getting these extra things where, where, where we can add these extra benefits now. So we're just, I'm sure you can tell, we're just really excited about it. And I think it's going to be something really fun that we can do. And and now, you know, I, I don't have any um, hesitation <laughs> promoting this now. Like no, I feel great about all. it because I know that we're we're doing some cool stuff over there that I think are valuable and that I think will be really fun. And I think people are going to like it. I mean, <laughs> we've already had a good response from our YouTube members. So. Yeah, I mean, the group that's in there right now is already like we're interacting and it's fun. It's and yeah. Uh, yeah. There's I'm, some cool, I'm very happy with what's going there's on some, right now. There's some different types of posts that we can do and polls. and all. I mean, there's just great stuff on there. So uh, for right now, we are doing a special offer for anyone who signs up for our top tier, our Canary Crew. We named all of these after the uh, channels in uh, yeah, Chrome Joe, Joe made some really fun. dope logos. That was it fun. Made very, a little fun little logo for these. Googly. So we've got the, the beta testers, the developer group, and the Canary Crew. Those are our three levels. Anybody who signs up for that top Canary Crew, you can get a special offer, limited edition mug that we're going to do. And uh, I, I was thinking it'd be fun. We'll do we'll do a couple different designs and let all the Canary Crew vote on it. So that'll be something fun that we'll do for those oh, people. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be fun. Yeah, because you know we can talk to those people specifically now. Yeah, Crazy. Exactly. Um, so yeah. apologies up front because the people that are members of those those Discord communities, you are going to get to you're going to get an inside look at what our normal yeah our new normal is around here yeah. because the the and that robbie said this a million times this is why we love the podcast because this gives us a platform to sort of derail from what we do on the website because we try to keep it roped in as much as oh, we can for sure, yeah. and patreon is just another opportunity for us to be able to share with you all what chroma mm-hmm. chroma unboxed is really all about behind the scenes and stuff like that because we can't write that we don't put that stuff on the website we you know uh, Joe Joe does an incredible job of, of making really professional videos, and we, we try to keep with the heart of Chrome Unboxed on the website, and there's so much more going on behind the scenes that we'd love to include people in, but... It just doesn't fit the brand, yeah. whereas whereas we've made just a lot of really fun behind the scenes, like vlog style videos uh, that have just been super fun to yeah, make. Yeah, it's, it's great. We, we love it. And, and at the end of the day, you know, obviously... We are a very small team. I, I think everyone that listens to this podcast probably knows that it's it's us three mainly. Um, we are now getting to the point where we have uh, an intern that we're working with, and uh, well, I guess as of uh, actually, he's he's now a contributing writer technically. Oh yeah, we have we a con- can't, we can't say that until we, he contributes the first. Yeah, but he, we have a signed contract. We, we have a signed contract, and uh, intern Mike is is going to be. Uh, writing some articles for us as a contributing writer now and obviously we have gaming unbox and michael perigo working on that stuff but we're a small team and we're an independent news outlet i mean we we do all of this we're bootstrapped we don't have any investors and obviously we think that this patreon stuff is going to be cool to give people some cool stuff and some behind the scenes stuff and we're, we we think there's value in those things but also at the end of the day I mean, you're you're supporting Chrome Unbox, and you're 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 supporting us to be able to do this stuff and continue making better and better content. And one thing one thing I saw on Patreon this morning, I was on there. They said uh, it was like, "Hey, sign up." It was on like their main landing screen or whatever. It was uh, sign up for Patreon and uh, disconnect from the algorithm. And it was like, that's interesting. Huh. Uh, you know, I like that. I like that's that. interesting because you got to think like creators. Are, are bound by these algorithms. Yep. They're bound yep. by 
social media algorithms that are going to push their content or not push their content or make them pay for their content. Or, you know, you're bound by the YouTube algorithm feeding up your video and your thumbnail and what's your title of your video and all of these algorithms that, that, um, I don't want to say constrain because I mean, they are kind of constraining, but they're, they're things that we have to play by. It's, it's, it's this, this, this freaking rat race sometime of of trying to keep up with the algorithms and Patreon can, 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 can allow us to disconnect from that a little bit. And, and a perfect example is over the last year or so, you've seen almost any YouTube creator not just say, hey, subscribe to our channel. They say subscribe, hit the notification bell because that undoes. There's a brilliant video. I think uh, Ver- Veritasium did Veritasium, it. Veritasium, yeah. Um, and he, he just laid out, hey, here's the YouTube algorithm. Here's what they're doing. And it's no big deal. This dude has millions, I mean, like he hacked, seven million. He hacked a couple of them and made the one. What was the one with all the balls in the water? Yeah. And that video like went it's, viral. Yeah. And he, he went through and then made a second video explaining what he did Why to make that viral. go viral. Right. And so I don't think he did. He knew exactly that that one would go viral. It just happened to, but he, he went back and explained why that happened, yeah. why it ended up with so many views. And yeah, it's, it's super interesting when you start to think about it because it's like, oh, yeah, there are all these people I subscribe to. Never see their videos. I won't see their videos in my yep. feed. Like, yeah, and you got to go search it. Yeah, and I got to go, and that's just, that's a terrible thing to do to content creators. Yeah. If I've subscribed to your channel, it means I'm interested in seeing your stuff. That should be what's in my feed first, yeah. and it's just not the way it works now, but you get those notifications and you get that heads up that hey they put a new video out yeah i'm gonna go check that out and you just it's top of mind for you <laughs> but um, that's that algorithm that's undoing trying to that's, that's trying yeah. to undo the algorithm yeah. a little bit and and i think patreon's a way more progressive way to for creators to just get away from that stuff and connect with the audience i don't who is it that you you cite all the time the 1000 true fans Kind oh, uh, Kevin Kelly. Uh, yeah. yeah. So like the idea that, you know, any business can sustain itself with 1000 like true fans. Yeah. And so, you know, this, this hopefully helps us connect with more with that audience. Cause yeah. the, the things that we do on a normal basis don't always connect you well, that way. And, and, and you, you, you also have to think about our content. You know, we are very true to our content and, and our, and putting out good content to you all that isn't totally click like there's things we could do to 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 just get you know i don't want to call it fake traffic but get all kinds of crazy other traffic or start writing about all this crazy stuff or making youtube videos that are just off the wall like trying to just get views right and i saw uh, mr mobile just hit a million and he had a post where he wrote he was like you know this has been a this has been a milestone that we've been working towards and we've been deliberate about putting out good quality content to get to this number. There probably were ways that we could have gotten here faster, but now we're here and he's like, it's amazing. And I feel the same way about some of our content. Like we're, we're very deliberate about really good content and not just putting out crap to put out crap, you know, and and trying to get views and trying to, you know, do all this stuff. Like we want to put out really good stuff that's helpful and beneficial to you guys. And I think enjoying YouTubers and content creators that do that, has helped us oh, to just God. stay real because there are people and I won't mention them, but they do stuff on YouTube and have a ton of subscribers. And I just look at them and I'm like, you're a clown. Yeah. Like you're, you're doing a, a disservice to all the people that are wasting their time watching your videos. Right. <laughs> no, no offense. Well, offend, get offended. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it and you've garnered that type of following, yeah. They deserve better. Yeah. You and, all deserve better. And like some of it's just entertainment. Like I get that. You know, it's not, not everything has to be like totally informative, but man, some of, 
Yeah. It's just like doing things just to get the views and just yep. get clickbaity crap. And, and and it's annoying that they've learned how to work the algorithm at, at a certain yeah. point and then they can take their existing audience and and start to... I, there's one creator in, that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head that has another new channel out. And I'm like, my God, the last thing YouTube needs is more of this guy on on YouTube creating stuff. And it's that new channel that's already got a couple million subscribers yeah, yeah. on it. And I'm like... Yeah. And it's even worse than the one before. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't understand why this is happening, but they, the know algorithm. How, they know how to work that <laughs> algorithm and they have enough viewership already that they can then manipulate that yep. algorithm. And so yep. we're just not interested in doing yep. that. Um, I'm yep. not interested in having to maintain that sort of status quo or make a fool of myself. You know, I'm, I'm not an entertainer. No. You know, we, we're interested in, you know, geeking out about stuff and delivering content that is helpful for people and, um, and so, as I say that, I'm sitting here thinking, like, we've been talking about no Chromebooks for 40 minutes. Hey. But it's hey, the podcast, you, I just installed the Discord Linux app on my Chromebook while we were talking, so oh, yeah. don't act like we're not working. There we go. <laughs> I wouldn't say we're not working. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we it, it but, goes without saying we appreciate you guys uh, uh, following along yeah. during the, the rambling sometimes. Yeah, and, well, I mean, I do think that anybody who's listening to this podcast, I mean, I, I also kind of view the podcast as a... Uh, as a way to uh, put out just our own content, you know, like, yeah, I mean, there isn't a ton of algorithm stuff yet in podcasting. Oh yeah, it's Wild West. Um, but, you know, the people that are listening to the podcast consistently, like you guys are, you guys are awesome and we appreciate you all. And if you're interested in this Patreon stuff, like go check it out. You don't have to, if you don't want to, like by all means, no. we're still going to keep putting out our regular content everything like there might be some early access stuff that will go on to patreon but we're we're not gonna try to well to get this stuff you got to go over to the patreon and check that yeah, out like, this, it might yeah. be some fun little stuff that we do over there but in general like we're gonna keep making our regular yeah, our content content's not changing that, no. that you've become used to so okay yeah, let's take a break <laughs> take yeah. a, we're gonna take a break for an ad we'll be right back guys. maybe some talk about some crumble stuff some more coffee yeah this podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord. N-O-R-D. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to hop right in now to some news. You can't say hop right in. That's like we just, uh, we said something real fast, and then we're going to hop right in. We're not hopping right in anything. We're, we're, we're going to finally right get in. around to Yeah, We took news. a break to regroup, and now we're going to talk about something else. Slapped each other around a little bit. Uh, Focus! Robbie got a delivery while we were on break. Oh, I gosh. Did. Don't ah! get him started. No, don't wait. get him started. Sorry. sorry. No, do him. No. So do the him. Surface do Duo. I did not get that on break, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he did not get the Surface Duo. It's We're not, not out yet. We are definitely not in that group that would the, get that uh, review unit. No. The uh, 13... Is it thirteen ninety nine? $1,400 Android yeah. phone from Microsoft. But Microsoft spends it as the thinnest Surface yet. Right. Which and is interesting. And got us thinking. <laughs> let, let me go ahead and tell you and be right up front. Um, the last 24 hours that I've been reading about this uh, device have made me insanely intrigued by it and not so much even as a like a device that i mean let's be honest i've, I've already thought about pre-ordering it um of course he has so there's a good chance 
well, I'll have one September 10th. I mean, we need to at least get one in the office to try it. Well, and, and as I explained some of this stuff, it will make more sense. It's not just a part of it is just a, Hey, this is a new take on something from a tech perspective. So I'm interested sure. in it. So I'll never apologize for that. Cause that's what, that's what we do. That's, that's why we exist um, as a, as a business. So, I'm not going to apologize for being interested in new tech stuff. That's why I'm interested in the Galaxy Z Fold 2 that's coming out. Um, it's why I'm interested in, in a lot of things that are different and new. So, uh, But yeah, what you just said is important because Microsoft is spinning this not so much as a, um, here's our first phone. Do we have Windows phones? Yeah. They failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people that used them loved them. Uh, there might be some of you all listening right now that were like, man, I had that Nokia, blah, 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 whatever, Windows phone, and it was awesome because uh, the interface was pretty darn cool. I remember like even some Android launchers trying to ape the whole Windows phone mm-hmm. interface just to, you know, because it was a trendy little thing there for a little bit. Issue was apps, um, as it always tends to be with uh, mobile phone operating systems, and they just couldn't figure out a way to get apps, uh, app developers to care enough. And it's a chicken egg thing. It's... The, it's it's the problem that that we run into now with iOS and Android kind of being the the gorillas in the room. It, I don't know that anybody else is going to show up in a mobile environment and be able to do something fresh and new. Uh, even someone with the money of Samsung can't get Tizen OS, which is what they got on their smartwatches and some phones in, in other markets. Um, they can't get that off the ground either from a developer standpoint. It's just not easy because developers have a finite amount of time. Uh, to spend on projects and they're going to go where the money is and where the people are. And so the people and money are already in Android and iOS. And so that, that bookend feels like it's already there. I don't know that anybody else can break into that. However, uh, Microsoft has figured out that's the case too. And after windows phone failed tanked and they've just kind of walked away for a little bit and separated themselves here, they come now with the surface duo. And instead of showing up and being like, Hey, we're going to make the best Android phone possible. Like, I think they've stepped back and realized, like, the best Android phone, like, we've probably gotten close to peak Android phone. I mean, look at the iterations in phones right now at the top level, the the, the expensive ones. Compare a Samsung S20 Ultra to the Note 20 Ultra. And other than the S Pen, you know, it's a couple little design tweaks and yeah whatever you know like phones have become very uninteresting uh, especially at the top end so now you've got this huge interest in the low end pixel 4a garnered a ton of attention people are loving it it's going it's selling like crazy pre-selling whatever like crazy because there's a a, a much bigger interest now in like okay now what can we get away with on the low end Ooh, this will be cool to see what who trims what away and who can deliver this on a blah 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 budget and so that that becomes a very interesting thing and so microsoft enters that narrative in this conversation with the duo and one of their first marketing terms is it's the thinnest surface ever yeah and when i saw that and was watching like i spent i watched their entire they put their press thing so the invite only press event they had three or four days ago that everybody wrote their initial articles off of they put that whole video up and let everybody watch it and so i watched the whole Which is thing cool. yeah yeah it's very and it's you know panos panay is a great presenter like he almost has this like you know like he just doesn't care what anybody thinks and is just but he's not cocky but he's 
I don't almost almost like on the edge of arrogant. Yeah, just as a matter of fact. <laughs> I love yeah. watching him talk about stuff because he's just he's a great presenter. Yeah, uh, he just has like Samsung needs to get someone like him to present their yeah. stuff. Because uh, yeah. I was watching a video about the Galaxy Buds Live. Oh boy! And they 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 oh, referenced boy. the spot where the phone came in. And the lady was standing oh, there waiting. Yeah, that was <laughs> great. Would you look at that? So awkward. I mean, no, super awkward. we can't see it. Right, it's just. 2D for us, And lady. yet not the most cringeworthy moment in that presentation. No, and no, you no. probably can't see it either. You're right. just you're just you're, queued up. You're quote-unquote acting, and it's very <laughs> bad. Anyway, uh, this was not that. This was, you know, I don't know. It's a great presentation, uh, and clearly... Yeah, we'll, we'll link it. Yeah, it, it, clearly one of those things that, you know, people... Um, when you see it, it, it just feels like very real uh, as they're as they're presenting this this product, and the way that they choose to talk about the Surface Duo is what makes it so intriguing. And I read two pieces yesterday uh, from two different authors. I can't remember the second one. The, the other, the first one was uh, J.R. Raphael's piece on Computer World. Both of their takes are similar. They are saying, "Hey, what's going to happen is this device is going to show up." Tech reviewers, phone reviewers are going to look at it and go, uh, it's only got a Snapdragon 855, and uh, it does, it's got one camera, and uh, it doesn't have a big enough battery, and uh, whatever. You know, and <laughs> I really, I really like that. That that's a, I know exactly which tech reviewer that <laughs> yeah. was. I'm not going to say it. You know, and so, no, no. and I've already seen, I've already seen a couple videos out, uh, tech YouTubers already talking about why would you buy this thing? It's only got this. You know, and, and they're concerned with the specs, and that's fine. The the points in these articles were getting me towards. I like I read those first, and I was like, oh crap, yeah, that's this is right. Like this is a different story here. And then I watched the presentation from Microsoft after that, and watched as they with unveiled that, like, this. And I'm mind, like, yeah, yeah, Microsoft is clearly not attempting to say, hey, we've gone and built the best Android phone ever made. Not at all. Like. Their whole punchline for this thing is the, what is it, the Microsoft or the Windows you love. I think it's the Microsoft you love or use um, and and the Android you know. And he said in that presentation, like every day, their one thing, their, their one guiding principle as they've built this product was always the Microsoft you love, the Android you know. Like, and the reason they went with Android, he said very plainly, apps. We, we couldn't crack that before. This gives us a platform to deliver them. It's no different than Chrome OS saying, hey, you know, we can't figure out how to get people to build apps just for Chrome OS. And uh, so we have Android at our disposal. Why not bring Android along, you know, and figure out a way to integrate? And so that's what Microsoft has done. They they took Android 10 and Microsoft it up. But it's more than just that. This is a This is a move towards something that I think will be a different way to look at a thing that you put in your pocket. Because it seems like, again, with this whole, like, this is the thinnest surface we've ever built, the idea is, hey, let's take a computer, some sort of pocketable computing device, and allow it to make phone calls, and allow it to receive text messages and get mobile data. But other than that, the focus is on making a portable computing device. Right. Which, that's what our phones have become. Right, I mean, for being fair. but that and that's when we've because we have talked about this since Chrome Unbox before Chrome Unbox was a thing. We've always looked at it from a phone first perspective. We have a phone, but it also does this. And in all honesty, if I could figure out how to get Chrome OS installed on my phone, I would, <laughs> because that wouldn't be that big of a leap. 
but Microsoft's hitting this thing from a completely different angle. They're coming from the other side, and I think it's a really smart move. I think that it it's uh, it's very unique, and it's going to <laughs> what was the article yesterday? It's either going to be a huge hit or, or a, a complete, complete disaster. disaster. <laughs> you can say that about any new tech thing, right. but this is a brilliant way to market this device. Well, and and to be fair, like you know, he he hits on this too. He's like, look. He's been with the Surface team since the beginning, since Surface was a thing, and Surface Pro, and all the way through, and they're on, like, what, 7 now or something? Um, so they're years into this thing, and he, he makes reference to the fact that, hey, look, when we started, it was rough, you know, and we've worked our way through, and, you know, to be fair, Surface laptops and Surface Pros and stuff are really nice hardware. Yeah. <laughs> There's no getting around that. The Surface can, Go that we have here in the office is it's nice. great, man. Like, it just feels nice and it looks nice and it works well and yeah, you know they, they, there's good stuff about the surface line of devices there's no getting around that and so i think all of that stuff will be in place like they they've got their engineering down like the 360 hinge on this thing looks really dope and the build quality of it's super minimalistic and clean you know each side of the screen is a 5.6 or 5.8 inch but it's a four by three screen on both sides you open it all the way up and it's basically the equivalent of a three by two screen which is what all the other surfaces have so it's it's just some nice design aesthetics they've done but they've gone a step further in saying okay we've got this we've got two screens this isn't a a folding device per se so it's not galaxy z fold there the idea isn't to use it most times as one big screen it's hey we work better when we have two displays like our brains he uses this a lot in the little presentation he said our brains light up in a different way like when we have multiple monitors and it's that's true that's why i love virtual desktops that's why i hook into a second display all the time because it it feels like you get taken out of your workflow less when you don't have to leave something to go do something else and that's our 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 regular mode of operation when we have a smartphone in our hand we we do one thing you click a link the thing you were doing moves out of focus and now you've got this new thing in there and you're taking out of your you flow. You end up feeling and like it, scattered sometimes. And I'm not yeah. just talking about like deep work here. Right. I'm talking about just you scrolling through Twitter and you click on it. Now your Chrome opens and you're at this website and oh, well that related post. And next thing you know, you're like, oh man, where was I on Twitter? And you get back and it's very normal. It's very, very normal. The Surface Duo solves this in a couple different ways. So even with non-Microsoft apps, like it is built from the ground up to almost behave as if it's like two phones just sharing the same internals. And so like you click a link in Twitter, it just inherently opens it up. Opens On the other. The, it granted in there things it's opening up edge. I would hope that it would open up. You could choose to open up Chrome if you set it as your default browser, but we'll have to see on that kind of stuff. Like Microsoft could shoot itself in the foot early by trying to over windows everything i hope that this they is don't. chrome is pre-installed yeah there's so. chrome gmail and google's working clearly oh, with yeah, this too a- hiroshi lockheimer has posted photos of him using it yeah. um so he's they're invested i think google is very interested for their partners too to see this and go hey look what microsoft's done yep. oh by the way they said in this thing too nearly all the work no no one in this one it was in, in gadgets video most of the work they're doing on the surface go is being up, uh, upstream to the uh, open source part yeah. of Android. You mean the Sur- Surface Duo? Surface Duo, yeah. sorry, not yeah. Pro. Um, and so uh, the work that Microsoft is doing to make all this stuff happen, the way that it, because like apps can, they do have a span mode. So if you drag an app to the center of like where the crease is, 
it spans the full width of it. If it's not meant, not built to span both displays, it just like it just brilliant. cuts it in half. It brilliant. just makes it one display. But if it had, if the developers took the second to go, hey, we have a, a pane over here, like Gmail, perfect example. We have a messages pane, and then we're the preview pane over on the other side. Ideally, you would grab Gmail, drag it to the center, and when it expands, your messages would be on the left, and the preview yeah. would be on the other side. You know, and so you. You get these experiences that you just wouldn't get even on a folding phone like the Z Fold uh, or, you know, out of the box. Like, yeah, you can drag stuff and then you can manipulate things. This one is built to do that constantly out of, you know, just out of the box. It's the way it works. It's the way it wants to work all the time. Um, like the hinge works in such a way that it can be actuated in any way. So you can put it in tent mode and drop it on a table to watch stuff. You can, you know, set it up, you know, to where it's sitting almost like laptop style. Mm -hmm. You can use it to where... I know I don't I don't know how the other keyboards. Can it go are going into the orientation like you have the Acer right now? It could. Um, I I think you would probably want to avoid that one. What would that be called? This <laughs> is this is uh, this is presentation mode. Presentation mode. Um, yeah. Where the, it's like 270 degrees flipped open. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's great on Chromebooks because you're just putting the keyboard down, no big deal. But on you that, you would be putting screen a down. screen on the on the uh, surface, and I mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise that. Uh, but, but the hinge will do it. That was my main yeah. question. And so when you take phone calls and stuff, you can fold it 360 degrees all the way back around and it fits and it's completely snug. And each side of this thing is only like five and a half millimeters. So together, it's still thinner than most phones. So I don't know. It just brings up all of these different use cases I could see being really, really valuable on a phone. And, and they've got, you know, Amazon already. Uh, taking advantage of the span mode so that when you open the Kindle app and you span the the Kindle app, it puts page one on the left, page two on the right when you flip. So you can open it very book-like and hold it like a book and read. You so know, many fun use cases. It works with the there's, Surface there's Pen. There's going to be so many so fun. So if you have a Surface oh, okay. Pen around, pick it up and just ink on it. Uh, obviously, they've purpose-built this thing to take advantage of Microsoft stuff, stuff you know yeah, windows and uh, or, uh, uh, word and stuff yeah, is all on it, yeah. um, and so he does a thing where he's in a team meeting on one panel and then the other panel he's got up something that he's editing Some and notes or something you know yeah. and so I mean there's all these use cases I think that could be really interesting um, for dual screen phones and especially if other Android makers look at it and go huh you know that's pretty cool because LG's done a few iterations of yeah. dual screen phones they're a little clunky because um, it's almost like a bolted on thing but as Microsoft is doing this work, it's all getting added to Android at the source. It's going to be open to other manufacturers. I, my bet is if Hiroshi is using this thing and they're interested, Google probably has some ideas around a similar, mm -hmm. a similar take uh, to this. Which then leads to a whole different slew of thoughts around um, dual screen devices. Yeah. Because... There is a development Chromebook uh, mm -hmm. called Palkia. Um, and... I think, Gabe, you wrote the article on this, didn't you? Uh, Kyle had found this originally. I think you covered this one, but... I'm not I can't remember. <laughs> um, you know, the only thing we could think to make it akin to was, you know, Asus has... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...the laptop that has a screen on top and then, like, a Little half of a screen on the bottom. Yeah, but it's way you're... bigger than the thing on the MacBook. You know, it's a, you know, two or three inches tall screen, but it spans the entire width um, on Windows. And we thought, well, you know, maybe... They're working on something like that that developers could take advantage of or whatever. I don't know that. I I don't know that that's that useful, um, especially on a Chromebook. But you know, it's like cool. They're they're doing something neat. They're doing something more yeah. out of the box or thinking through. But now that I'm seeing this thing, I'm like, I wonder if it's more akin to 
something like the Surface Duo, where imagine a device like the Duo that gets marketed because we we've run into this a hundred times. The Chrome OS phone, you know, what would Chrome, Chrome OS be on like a phone? You know, how could that work? And and what, all they'd have to do is do, 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 do. and and if they made the notifications work this way, and then you could install a launcher. I think and all we this talked stuff. about it last week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, in the last couple of weeks, we have talked about this because it's like the, all this news is coming out about all these different right. folding phones and stuff. Yeah. So we've been like thinking about this a lot. But you but, take a duet tablet and you scale it down just a little bit yeah, and then make it, it put a hinge dead center just make it two of them <laughs> basically i mean I've, we're oversimplifying a right very but still, complex all the other process. pieces are there though um you know android all that lte capabilities already there what's missing literally nothing, nothing. like think if and and we've had there, there's a commit that's been in or not a commit a flag that has been in uh chrome os for what seems like forever. I still don't think it works. I'm actually, I'm going to look at it right now. Let me see. Uh, And basically it's allow, um, allow to span multiple displays, I think is what it says. And it has been here forever. And I turn it on from time to time to see if it's going to work. Because my thought was like, if you had two displays next to each other and you drug a window right now, it forces you to choose left display or right display. You can't, you can't have a, a, a window, a floating window, hanging out on both displays. Right. Um, let's see. Span. Yeah, it's, it's in there. Yeah, unified desktop mode. Yeah. Been here forever. Uh, enable unified desktop mode, which allows a window to span multiple displays. And last time I checked, it didn't, still didn't do anything. Um, not that I really want it, but I was like, it'd be cool for displays or, you know, people I mean, doing doing stuff like, you know, yeah, using I remember a back, box or something. I remember doing stuff with, like, uh, Windows way back in the day where you would have the little adapter things for your monitors right. that would do that, you know? And, or, like, security people right. that have four monitors that are all exactly. one big thing, whatever. You know, or a bar or something yeah. that puts up yeah. four big screens, you know? Yeah. Whatever. You know, and that's what I've always thought, and that's probably originally what it was, but you mix that idea... So an app, a window can span multiple displays. You mix in Palkia being tested with clearly there's language display on the lid and display on the base. You know, so we're talking both are displays. Yeah. Um, and you start talking about putting a hinge between the two of them. And, and then if it talks I, about disabling one display when it's when in, it's in a certain mode. Yeah, three sixty or Because when you flip like the duet or the duo, I'm sorry, when you flip it all the way over, the backside goes black so that you know you're not touching stuff inadvertently kind of makes sense i mean pretty similar this is so much less of a leap than anything we've talked about with chrome os on a phone like this because again microsoft is saying the duo is a surface Surface. device this is a computer oh by the way makes phone calls and text messages this is the uh but yeah it's a computer right (laughs) you know they keep steering the conversation back to this idea it's a computer that you can put in your pocket this is a surface you can put in your pocket this is a productivity machine you can put in your pocket and like even their their little sizzle video, you know that that is kind of the teaser, you know, lead up the ninety second kind of thing you watch, and it shows real quick all the stuff it can do. The absolute last thing it does is she flips it around, call. takes a phone call, and the, the oh, video is over. And oh yeah, it's and, fun. And it's like oh that too. This reminds me so much of I guess it was probably mid late eighties, early nineties when PDAs that it, if you were a professional mm-hmm. anything you had a PDA. Oh That's yeah, That's what you had. Oh, yeah, this is not. There is still going to be a massive market for people who want the iPhone, for people who want the best yeah. camera, for people who want a gaming phone, all those things. 
that's this is going to be mark this, this is, is going to be the prefer- the professional <laughs> that wants the power to do everything that they do on one single device and oh yeah it fits in my bag or my phone or, or my pocket or whatever that's, right i just like i see myself going to meetings you know and having this thing oh my gosh well, i was like sitting a here th- bouse. yeah well Hold like on. I, w- I went to uh you know i'm <laughs> somehow for some reason i'm on the planning commission <laughs> We were talking in about our, that the in other our city. Day. <laughs> yep, for Joe, some reason, Joe helps make decisions on buildings that get built. Yeah, it's actually like kind of fun in a weird way. That's I like you being on it because I can we ask get to you questions. Know, yeah, What's what the heck is going, going up there? there? Yeah. So, anywho, whenever I go to those meetings, I like taking the surface, but I I even take it a step farther and or uh, surface. Gosh, I'm thinking surface here. We're in surface too. Like, take the slate. I take the slate, but I take it in the tab, like with the Google keyboard with it, because there's something weird. I don't know what it is exactly, but like it's acceptable to have an iPad or a tablet in a meeting. But like if if I slap open the laptop, I pop open a laptop, it feels weird, right? I don't, it's just a thing. It's like a cultural thing in business meetings, at least where we are. So imagine being able to have this pixel book phone, whatever you want to call it, that it's my phone. I can make phone calls on it, but I'll walk into the meeting, slap that boy open. Boom. There we go. And then take the flexibility because the Surface Duo is limited because it's Android. Uh, there's certain limitations that are, are going to exist there. Windows sure. uh, or uh, Microsoft's not going to go invest in a DeX style scenario. Because no. there is no docking anything that this thing's going to do, right? It no, does the whole like they've not my advertised. phone yeah. Yeah, so thing, the, but that's not. It's the your phone thing with Windows, which they show it off in this, and yeah. I was not impressed no, by it. It looks kind of stupid. I, I think a better, you know, just, you know, the way that Chrome OS and Android bring messages and stuff, and hopefully some of this new phone hub stuff, like that stuff's the way that you want your your services to integrate. Again, we've talked about this, like having a device that is everything to me, and I drop it, and now I'm, I have nothing it gets replaced by cloud computing where most of my services are all in the cloud. Exactly. It's just whatever panel I'm at that gets me to those. I think that's a better way to go about that. But having something like the, the duo with Chrome OS on it, imagine that being able to flip that thing into some sort of mode where I can stand it up or whatever, plug that USB type C in, run it to an external Mm -hmm. monitor with keyboard and stuff. And and have a working computer right. in my pocket I can see it right when now. I need it and not have to get some sort of new interface when I open this folio looking thing up. Like, cause every time I've thought about a Chrome OS phone, I'm like, that's the, the leap for me that I can't get to where, what are they going to put a launcher on it? Like, yeah. like I Chrome OS in that form feels foreign and strange and they could do that, but this feels way easier. Like Gabe said just a minute ago, imagine cause it, Microsoft's doing a similar thing with the larger screen, the Neo. Uh, is that what it's called? It's, um, yeah, it's the it's Windows right. 10, yeah. but it's Windows 10 X, which is built for a dual screen kind of thing. Right. Like it's it's their attempt, and who knows how that'll work or what it'll do or whatever. But it's I think two nine inch, so think two iPads basically put together, sandwiched together, and think about all the things you could do with that when you're on the on the go. You know, there's quite a bit of stuff you could do, but the minute you can sit down and put a keyboard in front of it. Like, it would be enough on its own. You wouldn't even need anything else. Um, and, you know, the the Neo has that, they had that, remember that magnetic keyboard that would flip around on the bottom, just drop on the screen, and you could use, you know, there's there's some cool stuff you could do around that, 
that could be the the angle that Chrome OS goes first with this before shrinking it down to something smaller. But it becomes way less of a leap to think about this idea of having, I mean, we haven't had, no, the smallest Chrome OS tablet so far has been 10 inches. Yeah. Okay. Tab 10. So shrink it down to eight, you know, and then yeah. cut it in half because ultimately, you know, Chrome OS is built to be able to multitask with split screen. That's built in and clean. They would have to, manipulate something uh, and maybe this this unified desktop mode would allow that so if i had two monitors that spanned a wider array i can determine where i want to cut that in half like that half is just arbitrary so that fixes that my taskbar would go across the bottom the entire time fixes that what else would need to be done google just basically said hey anyone can use our phone app by the way, because you installed the Google phone app. It. Yeah, it's on my OnePlus right now. So, so okay, yeah. install the Google phone app on here. Uh, it has LTE. And good and to go. Yeah, everything else is apps. Everything else that we use, it's just, settings and Google Discover and those sorts of things that are built that into stuff, the launcher. Like, they wouldn't have to reformulate mm-hmm. any of that stuff for this type of form factor because you open it up and your notification still back down there. It's still a Chromebook that spans two displays. That's literally just every time you open it, it's always going to span two displays. And they make a couple concessions for that, which I don't even know that they have to. Like, I, it, it, um, this is, I'm going to do this after the podcast. I'm going to hook in an external monitor to one of these convertibles, put it in tablet mode, and see how it behaves sure. uh, with a touchscreen secondary monitor. I think we've, yeah, we've got one over there. Yeah. Um, and see how it behaves and what it already does, because that should inform what's already possible. Because, again, this is a tiny leap. Because all of a sudden you're now just saying this is a Chromebook with two screens built in that can fold up and put in your pocket. We've added the ability to make phone calls. Right. Like we saw the the new Dell that came out. It's going to come with LTE. So this isn't. Then there are a handful of Chromebooks with LTE. Yeah, I, mean, I think we we're going to see more. Yeah, we have one here in the office right now. But yeah, I think uh, especially with the the integrated LTE that's on that new Fibacom chip or whatever mm-hmm. that everybody's using, LTE is going to be. Uh, a lot more widespread than, we, than we've almost. ever seen. Yeah. You know, we won't see a 5G one connected. of these. <laughs> yeah, and like the Surface Duo is not going to be 5G because it's like, we'll get there, but LTE is more than serviceable for the next while for what we want to do with yeah. these types of devices. So I don't know. It's, I just, th- this device has captivated my attention in the last 24 hours <laughs> more than most. Robbie's been like, I've just been in it. Robbie's been uh, down a rabbit hole, man. It's been great. Trying to dig. Like it's one I of love, those times. I love like technology I start, that does that though. Yes, like I like, feel like we haven't it, been it gets, this sort of excited in, in a little bit. Yeah. Cause it gets easy to get bored. Um, once, once a form factor gets figured out and realized and then just iterated on for so long, you're just kind of like, okay. Oh, okay. So like There's the smartphone's that. perfect. Like, yeah, you you put a little bit better camera in, and yeah, the screen I guess is if I put it up next to something else. But like right now, I'm using the OnePlus Seven T, and I don't pick this phone up and think, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get a new phone. This thing is so terrible. Like, yeah. uh, it never lags. It the screen's gorgeous. It's high refresh. Camera's yeah. fine. Right. Plays games really well. Fits Make, in my pocket. Makes like, phone calls, and I can text people. Right. There you go. <laughs> you know, and, and so it's like, okay, well, that's why I'm getting interested in these folding phones and dual screen stuff because it's like it's something new and something different. And, and I'm hoping something that, that changes the way we work. And with the Duo, like as interested as I am in it as a device, and, you know, because the, there's some hangups, there's no external display. So every time you get a notification, you got to crack it open. That might get real old real quick. 
actually super quick probably um you just leave it folded back on itself in your pocket yeah, yeah. carried around with both glass sides facing out yeah hey, that'll be fine protector man it's <laughs> that fine. won't that won't that won't cause any issues. it's yeah. fine and who knows i mean like, we carry around our phones with the screen out so you know you're yeah. just doubling that <laughs> Double your pleasure. <laughs> double your fun. Double the scratches. Uh, double the double. So, I mean, there, there's some stuff that they're probably going to they'll, they'll iterate on sure. as people use these. But again, but the I don't, thought, the idea, yeah, of this. the concept. Well, and, you, you, and watch these videos and like you see it in motion. And it's like, ooh, oh, yeah. But if man, you're wearing nice. your surface plates in your ears, <laughs> surface dishes, can't you dismiss and listen to your notifications? Probably. Yeah, like you can with Google. That's yeah. the workaround. And that's that what, makes sense. And that Gabe said, well, "Just get a smartwatch." And I was like. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. I mean, you would see, I mean, you yeah. know, and mostly, honestly, at this point, I check most of my notifications on my watch. I respond to stuff on my watch. Like a lot of times I won't even yeah. get my phone out. So the, they, the, the, the naming, the naming of the surface duo is great. I love the duo. That's great. Yeah, it's it would be, it would be perfect. Well, I think we've talked about this before in the podcast, you know, pixel book, you know, you've got a book. Oh, so you do a pixel book duo. Oh, how good does that sound? Google, Google made, Foldable, dual screen, whatever it ends up being. Yeah, but it's they're going to call it book. like the bend. It's going to be something <laughs> oh, stupid. <God>. The <laughs> Pixel Book bend. No. We couldn't call it the duo because we partnered with Microsoft. We don't want to hurt their feelings. So here's the Pixel, Pixel Book, book flexy. Bend. Yeah, <laughs> flex. Pixel Book flex. Man, say he very bendy. <laughs> Good golly. Yeah, I, so, I, yeah. I don't know. And and the other fear I have, obviously, just because this is the way things go. But honestly, Chromebooks are in a crazy crazy time right now so who knows but development cycles yada 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 i'm so afraid that the first one will come out and it's going to be an android device Mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like that's fine you know i i guess but again i'm thinking of the business professional and somebody that's not going to want to carry around a dual screen expensive phone just because it's i need a new phone like it's you want to actually get productive on it doesn't Chrome OS make a ton more sense mm-hmm. from that perspective? Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, like I said, maybe the first one of these types of devices that come out from Google would be something more akin to the larger device that Microsoft's yeah. making. And which, which would be fine. I would love to see that. It would be cool. Yeah. Um, because, again, like a device like that, think about that. You could, you could open it up, use it in a laptop kind of mode if you wanted to, but you could open it up and have a small crease in between. And honestly, if you've ever worked or looked at a, a you know, your, your brain monitors. gets rid Eventually, of it. your brain just gets rid of the crease in between, which is kind or of crazy. Or you get the weird little separator thing that who has it? Asus oh, makes yeah. it <laughs> that like pulls these pixels <laughs> over here. And like, yeah, you don't want to do all that. Stretch stretches your your. But if you've used over. multiple monitors ever, yeah, you get used to it. You do, and you know, you could set up this thing, you know, in a little kickstand or something, and boom, you've got a nice large workspace to work from. Right. Um, I, you know, I, th- I just think there's some interesting ways that this thing could go um and yeah. some some interesting things it could do um <clears throat> if if it had chrome os on it yeah um and and can we can we hack the the surface duo and put chrome on it somehow well, chrome if, OS? We, if we figure out how to get it on android uh, that android app ah, did we ever check that i talked yeah, about this no, last no, week no, termix won't work because oh, okay. it's not an iso like linux so, yeah no. it's not it's not quite okay. as simple uh, unfortunately so like if I end up with... Because yeah, regardless of what people say, Chrome OS is not a Linux distro. I've seen people saying that a lot lately. It's not. It's built no. on the Linux kernel. It is not a Linux distribution. It's no. not... Yeah. Is there a Linux distribution that mimics Chrome OS? There is. Like, exactly. That I found it the other day. Because that could be a fun it's test. It's actually called 
called Cross. It's like C-R-O-S, kind of like Chrome OS, right. but it is a Linux distribution that kind of mimics Chrome OS. Because that could be yeah. fun. We could try that. Do that through the through the Linux. Just kind of get an idea. Get like, an idea. You know, because that, that would be the bigger uh, enjoyment, I think, for me, having a phone that had something like that on it running is being able to leverage web apps and stuff like that Absolutely. easily and cleanly uh, on the go in, in my pocket. Like, I know web apps work on android but like having a full-fledged version of chrome on a device like that yeah, i don't sick. know be, be pretty interesting to mess around with and i don't know i just think a lot of these things could be very very interesting because even chrome on a smaller screen you know like when when i split screen it on this chromebook that's in front of me a lot of times i will switch on the uh, enable mobile view for this one because it's you know it's a tiny screen and so some websites just respond better when it thinks it's you're looking at it on a phone they have something in there that says hey it's not screen size based or resolution based it's we're pinging to see what device it is and so it behaves better on a, on a smaller display with that okay you you ship chrome on that tiny little device that when it's on that display it defaults to that first and i got to tell it to go to desktop mode sure no Done. problem <laughs> it does that on the phone you know, Chrome on Android does the opposite. So, you know, just make it do that. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's some, just some really cool things that could happen, could come of this. Don't know if it's even in the works or it's in thought. It feels like that it probably would be uh, with how long Microsoft's been working with. Uh, I think Google if somebody, I think if somebody like Hiroshi is using the duo as I feel like he is very forward thinking, progressive person at least he presents himself that way right i think he is there's something going on he's he has to be thinking these same things that we're thinking i mean that yeah i just can't see a scenario where that's not possible now taking that and executing on it and making it happen that's a whole nother thing you know it's a lot of development it's a lot of ways off you know there's my that's the thing we we obviously don't know all of the very intricate ins and outs of all of this stuff there could just be a who knows? Little small thing that they got to work around to make this work that we aren't aware of. But I think the idea, the concept, is very interesting. Very interesting. So yeah, we'll agreed. see. We uh, I want to get the duo. We'll get we'll get one in the office and and just have it. I mean, let's be. I honest. mean, Robbie will probably buy it himself because that's what he does. So okay. When is Microsoft it? September something? If I don't like it, I'll just send it back. Yeah. Sep- is it September tenth? Yes. They start shipping out, so right. you can pre-order yeah. it now. Go ahead, just do it. Do it right now. Well, before you do that, before you go order that, let's give a quick rundown of of uh, what's happening with Fortnite. <laughs> Can you do a quick take on that? Probably oh, not. I forgot my flash head. Dang it! <laughs> have a giant flash, like big round giant baseball bobblehead helmet for hot takes. <laughs> I forgot it. Uh, yeah. So if you have not seen, uh, Epic did a just monumental <laughs> they're, they're actually calling it one of their like Brilliant. events they trolled so, so they do these events all the time like the travis scott they had a travis scott event a few months ago you know where they do these big huge events well this was an event it was planned uh very coordinated very coordinated like impressively so um they already had a, a little trailer kind of thing uh, that referenced the 1984 movie and, you know, the surveillance state and, you know, control of the government. If you're not familiar with 19, Orwell's 1984, um, you know, and there's a the scene from the movie where everybody's like gazing at this screen up at the front of the, the auditorium and they're just being fed propaganda. And, you know, the, the one of the resistance people comes in and throws the, 
I don't remember yeah, what it's it from is. from the Apple commercial. Yeah, so yeah. was that? Yeah, there was a similar scene in the movie, and then Apple did yeah, a version like of their that. Version basically of it. saying, hey, Windows has a monopoly. We're coming in and shaking it mm-hmm. up. And so now they're coming and doing that to say, hey, Apple has now become that uh, monster. They've become that monopoly. And it all stems basically back to the fact that Apple says, hey, we want, I think it's 30% of anything that comes through the, the App Store. Yep. And they do this with everybody. It violates terms of service for you to try to get around that. It violates terms of service for you to try to present your own app store in their app store. Um, they want a third of everything. And if it's in-app purchases, they don't care. So every time you're on an iOS device and you hit, I want to buy those V-Bucks to get that sweet outfit, Apple takes a third of that or 30% or something. And so uh, Google does a similar thing. That's why Fortnite wasn't in the Play Store for a long time. They're just like, well, screw it. We, we'll sideload on Android. It's a lot cleaner of a solution, which you, I did read um, and educated myself. Apparently, you can sideload on iOS now uh, as a thing you can do. Um, but I, both, I, I saw Artemer. Somebody posted about APK Mirror, and they were yeah. like, can we do this? So, can we do this yeah, now? Fortnite, I think, put up a DCMA like takedown notice of that that APK, and he's like, hey, you want to renegotiate now? Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, they, they need to get back into being able to sideload until they figure this thing out. Um, because it, <laughs> yesterday afternoon, Epic went and said, you know what? On all these platforms, we're also going to offer a way for you to buy your V-Bucks directly from us, right in the game. Click this one instead of that one, and you can get your same amount of V-Bucks for like 2 bucks cheaper. So what it would have cost you $9.99, now we're going to sell it to you for $7.99 or $6.99. I can't remember what the price. It doesn't matter. So brilliant. But they did it, and everybody was like, <laughs> Wow, that's ballsy! And immediately, Apple, we're taking you down. You know, you're you're you can't be in the App Store. This violates policy. And then thirty minutes later, whap, lawsuit. It's already like they're suing Apple. And it was like, what just happened? Like everybody thought that Epic just went and did this thing like laissez-faire. Like, oh, I guess we're going to sell this. We'll get away with it. No, nope. it wasn't. It was completely planned and coordinated. And Apple bit right on it. Oh, they and. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the videos and everything they had ready. Oh, yeah, I mean, so at 8 was... o'clock last night, my kids were like, we can't play Fortnite. So I had to ex- try to explain to them what was going on. But for about 30 minutes, Fortnite shut down all gameplay. And basically all you could do is look around in the item shop, buy V-Bucks, or watch this video. And so my five-year-old son's watching this very dystopian-looking video. And I'm trying to explain what's going on. And he doesn't understand why Apple's being so mean. And I'm like, this is the narrative they're yeah. going to push. And yep. Neele, uh from The Verge put out a, a tweet today. And he, he listed off <clears throat> the law firm that uh, Epic is using has won a couple big cases similar to this in, in, in the tech industry. So he said, basically, if they took the case and they've already put the paperwork together, they, they filed know, a lawsuit, they, know what they're they doing. have pretty firm footing that they're going to win. Um, and so gonna be real interesting so apple or uh, google ended up getting into this thing too so the lawsuit came out it was against apple and google uh so google obviously pulled them down too because it's it is a clear violation and i think epic's bigger play here isn't so much we want our money back because they're still they're rolling in money it's them deciding and i don't i don't want to put the hero cap on them but it's probably a good pr stunt for them too it's them deciding they're going to stand up for other companies that can't. I mean, some of the smaller, yeah, is it DHH, small, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had, had a similar run in. Well, they're nowhere near big enough. They just kind of got silenced, um, and so they're basically standing up and saying, "Hey, look, you know, you all have basic monopolies. Yes, you can sideload apps, but you make it very difficult to do so. And most users, when they see all those warnings, won't do it. Right. They're scared to death. <clears throat> so 
you kind of have a monopoly. The only way people get stuff on the phones are through your app store. And so now that you have that control, you're gouging app developers and taking a third of their money when you shouldn't. And I think that's a fair bet. I don't think they should take nothing. You know, like my daughter's like last night, you know, she's nine and she's going, well, you know, Apple shouldn't take anything. Why? It's Epic makes the game. They shouldn't have to pay them. Like, well, yeah, wait I mean, a second. They're giving them a, a massive platform exactly. to serve it. It's, it's like that, royalty. You know that I mean? platform it's... isn't worth nothing. That platform's worth quite a bit and Epic wouldn't be where it is with Fortnite without those platforms. Right. It's worth something. It probably 30%. isn't worth 30%. It's 30% egregious, yeah. you know, to charge people for. So, you know, all of it, kind of comes back to two greedy companies epic and apple fighting each other and that's what it looks like but i really do feel like at the heart of it epic is doing something good because someone needed to stand up and make enough of a stink that something changes uh, right. because of all this and so for us the conversation then has has moved to okay you know here's all the evils and the mess and the the ugliness of app stores and close down ecosystems and all that kind of stuff because Google goes about it in a different way, but it's a similar thing. Sure. You know, the, the, to have play store functionality on your phone is a, a death sentence. If you don't uh, ask Huawei in the United States, yeah. when's the last time you saw a Huawei phone on sale in the United, in the U S they're done. They're done here because they don't have play services. And so, yeah, they can run Android. Android's fine, but Android without Google play isn't the Android that everybody wants to use. So, you know, they, they do have a monopoly and they have some control. And in, in the filing, there's even some stuff where Google, you know, I don't want to say manipulated because that's probably too strong a word, but heavily urged companies like OnePlus and Samsung to not do certain things with Fortnite distribution because eh, that kind of leans on. We don't want to hurt our relationship with, with Google to do what you're wanting to do to, you know, have it pre-shipped on the phone kind of thing. Like, so th there's been some stuff where Google has you know, flex their monopolistic arm too, uh, from an app standpoint, it's not quite as controlled as what Apple does, but it's enough that they're in, they're in this lawsuit too. And I, both of them are going to have to change the way they do stuff. Yeah. Uh, which brings us back to, you know, web apps. Cause guess what? Web apps can't be manipulated this way at all right. because it's the open web. And luckily we've collectively as a society said that we're going to keep the internet and the, the open web open. Um, we're not going to cave to a lot of the corporate -y stuff. And, you know, when stuff has a URL attached to it, it's it's wide open. And sure, that means there are probably some, you know, uh, safety issues and concerns there when it comes to stuff on the open web. But ultimately, PWAs uh, for a lot of web type or application types are going to be the future mainly because of stuff like this. They're going to have to be, you know. Because of PWA... I, I can put it in, you know, I can't put it in the app store right now, but I can put it in Google play. Sure. It can be in the play store so it can help my discovery, but it doesn't have to only be there. Like if I, I have a vehicle to get it out in front of people and they want this application, click the button install done. Like there, there are so many different ways to divest the way that you get out in front of people versus I have one <laughs> channel and they're choking the life out of me and I can't do anything about it because yeah. there's nowhere it's, it's an Amazon effect a little bit. That's sure. why people are trying to get Amazon regulated in, in ways because Amazon does a lot of these kind of things that choke out other sellers and stuff too because they just almost monopolize online online retail. And, and as much as people have ire towards Amazon for that, they should towards Google and Apple because of this. Like It's a lot of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't see it as users. We're just like, oh, app, 
click it. I'll do some in-app purchases. I'm going to help that developer out. And you don't realize how much of that money Google and Apple are yeah, absolutely. scooping off the top. And yeah. it's it's time for that stuff to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Like there needs to be cuts. Like if a company's making, you know, has this many app downloads or something, like pull that back a little bit. You know, you don't need to keep taking more from these developers because all you're doing is stifling innovation. People don't want to or they can't afford to go into business and, and try to get an app out there that's paid because they can't just charge a dollar or two. Now they got to charge three or four dollars to be able to make back the money that they got to pay to it's, it's kind of a mess. And so, um, hopefully, you know, this lawsuit changes some stuff and hopefully it pushes some developers that have been thinking like maybe a PW would work for our, our particular app. Yeah. Do it. Go do it. Yeah. And, and the more people that start making PWAs, the more Twitters out there that start going, you know what? We're just going to grab on and go with this with this platform. You know, people start understanding. It's just going to take time, but it takes developers standing up for themselves and saying, you know what, we're, we're tired of these siloed app stores that you can't get anything through. Because before Apple came along, this wasn't even a thing. You know, you didn't go to an app store. You'd download stuff from the internet, or you'd go to Walmart and buy a, a, disc. Know, a, a disc and install <laughs> yeah. the dang thing. And so, you know, it's... They've taken advantage and done what they need to do. And I, I feel like because Google and Microsoft both are moving so much to these monthly subscription-based things, they both see the writing on the wall. They've yeah. known that this is going to come. And their profit from just scraping stuff from app developers is going to come yeah, crashing down yeah. eventually. And so this could be the beginning of that because Epic has the money. Epic has the the fan base to, to do it. And... You know they're they're basically weaponizing. Yeah, I mean they only came Fortnite. to the Play Store what last year. No, they only been in the Play Store for a few, a few months. Months, yeah. I yeah. mean it was so it's not like and they, they were at the time they said like we be. don't want to be in the Play Store because Google of takes this. too much money yeah. and we have an option not to. But yeah. they said it. It was so difficult because Android brings up all these red flags. Are you sure you trust this? Are you sure you can? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like it almost looks like you're installing a virus if you sideload. Yeah. And it's not just like, yeah. I mean, Windows has done that for years. Yeah, it's just it's it's the nature of it, it's how people try to keep their consumers corralled. It's not and, it's and, not a good practice. But and don't get me wrong, there are some dangers inherent sure. to just going and grabbing stuff all willy nilly on the internet. Like you right. got to use some common sense. Right. But at the same time go to Forbes or anywhere else and look every three or four weeks, there's hundreds of Chrome extensions. There's hundreds of apps in the play store. There's hundreds of apps here and there and there that have been caught skimming data, right. spoofing stuff. It just, if, if you just pay attention to what you're doing, it's not that big of a deal. Yep. You know, I mean, if people want to just be able to click the button and not think yeah. and think that because it came from the play store, That's, it's safe and it's, yeah, just Epic just wants your money. They're not trying That's to spy true. on you in your house. They want your money. <laughs> right. So, I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch this play out. But at, in the end of it, um, I'm hoping it's it's all very positive yeah. things for web apps, yeah. really. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll see some progression, which would be great. So, alrighty, folks, I think that's it for today. appreciate you all tuning in for this kind of oddball podcast we had here. But I'm glad we got to talk about yeah, some coffee. We some, haven't talked about coffee in a uh, while. And there's just been weird stuff happening in the last 48 hours in the tech sphere. Yeah. That we can't just ignore all yeah. the time. Yeah, epic, epic, man. Whew. It's epic. It's very yeah. epic. Uh, but thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, like we were talking about in the first half, go check out the Patreon if you want. We'll link it 
uh, see what we've got on offer over there. Hopefully you like it. If you join in, we'll, we'll see you around over there. But thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. See you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.